Praise the Lord. Amen. So good to so good to be in the house of the Lord once again tonight. And, and we certainly just have great expectations because in him it's unlimited. And everything that we have need of, it's already been provided. Every redemptive blessing we have access to. And it's just to for us to receive it. There's nothing that's off limits. There's nothing beyond, amen, nothing impossible with God. And the prophet would bring that down and he'd said, and there's nothing impossible with you as a believer. Amen. It's our need. It's your need that gets his attention. Even in this service tonight, as the other services have gone, you know, a minister himself, he studies, he's comes with an inspiration and that God's given a thought, but you know, it's your need that not only would direct for that, but then to pull on the gift of God and the Holy Spirit begins to come and to minister to the needs personally in your life. And that's what we want. We, we want him to come and we want him to have his way here tonight. I believe we've come here sacrifices that's been made for you to be here tonight. I know some of you have come, you've persevered, you've pressed beyond to be here. I pray may God richly reward you. And may you walk out of this service here tonight fully well, fully delivered because of his presence, because of his presence. Amen. You're loving tonight. Amen. If we could, let's just go to him in a word of prayer before we open the word. Amen. And maybe if you're standing next to someone, why don't we just, in a respectful way, husband to wife or brother to brother, let's just lay hands on one another. Amen. Eagle to eagle. And let's just pray for one another tonight. Heavenly Father, Lord, we're standing here tonight, Lord. Oh, God, in this moment, Lord, that you've given us, Lord, on this side of eternity. And Lord, as we're standing here looking, Lord, recognizing that we're in the closing moments of this hour. Lord, we're standing, Lord, here tonight because, Lord, we're, there are needs, Lord, that are present, Lord, in our lives. We desire, Lord, more of you, O oh God. We desire, O oh God, that, Lord, in our lives to be closer to you, Lord. We pray, Heavenly Father, that God, Lord, behind every hand, Lord, that's laid upon each and every one of your children, oh God, may the quickening power tonight, Lord, have the right of way, oh God, to move for every need, Lord. Oh God, to bind, Lord, sickness, Lord, to bind oppression, oh God. And Father, that the Holy Spirit, Lord, just might move with liberty, oh God, to release, Lord, of captives, oh God, tonight, Lord. May you take control, Lord, tonight, Lord. Have your way, Lord. Oh, Father, we dismiss, Lord God, any, Lord, spirit, Lord, that, Lord, would want to hinder, Lord God. No matter what the name might fall under, Lord, we dismiss it in the name of Jesus Christ that the word of God might have the right of way tonight. Lord, grant it, we pray, Lord. May you come, Lord. Be the speaker and the hearer here tonight, we pray, Lord. Anoint us, Lord, for your service. Speaker and hearer together, Lord God. May the spirit of the living God have the right of way, Lord, tonight, Lord. We just give ourselves to you, Lord, and we thank you, Father, in Jesus' precious name. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Amen. Let's just turn in our Bibles if we could. Let's turn to Psalms 139. I'm just going to just try to move right into the thought here tonight. Psalms 139 and verse, we're just going to read two verses of Scripture. In verse 17, we'll begin. <clears throat> if you have it, you say amen. amen. Okay. How precious also are thy thoughts unto me, O God. How great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more in number than the sand. When I wake, I am still with thee. Amen. I, I'd just like to just take a, a little thought here tonight on the conveying and expressing of God's thoughts to you. Conveying and expressing of God's thoughts to you. If we shorten it, just simply God's thoughts. Amen. May God bless you and bless the reading of the word as you're being seated. I want to say we so have enjoyed our time and by the hospitality and uh, we so enjoyed the word of the Lord uh, here this morning. My uh, still just feasting and ruminating on that word and taking it and uh, my and I'm grateful that it's online. We can go back and listen to it. Uh, you know, it's things that how God just so it was so divinely placed and it was, you know, I love when the word comes, it challenges our lives. Yes, yes. We want the word to challenge us and it moves us, it, it provokes us, uh, yes. uh, you know, and love unto good works. And so yes. we're thankful to the Lord for that. Amen. And we, in looking at this, uh, you know, uh, this uh, part of it, when we would just look at this thought of God's thoughts. And I look here in the scripture and in the, uh, even in the first parts of it, of this particular chapter, which I'm sure that probably most of you have read through this chapter. But one thing that you recognize that David is coming to the awareness of when, even in the opening parts of the scripture, is that God has always known me. That God knew me before I knew about me. God has watched over me. He knows my downsitting. He knows my uprising. All around me, God has always, has always been right around watching over. Amen. And the reason of that is because you were always a part of him. And God never has lost sight of you. You know, at times, you know, that we, no matter if you were raised in a church or, or whatever more, we could have lost sight of God, but God never lost sight of us. And so I'm grateful that this is not based upon whether we could hold on, whether our ability, but it's based upon the word of God that God knew us before the foundation of the world. God's always, God's always known about you and I. As a matter of fact, it's his presence that no matter where you could go, that you think about it, uh, Brother Branham speaks of it like this when he's talking about Jonah, and I think of this scripture, and no matter where, even in your life, if you could have went out in the world, or maybe you didn't go out in the world, but you just really had not dedicated your life to the Lord at that time, but everywhere uh, you seem to look, everywhere that you are, whether it be in a class or somewhere, you find that God is there, and what I mean by God being there is it's God dealing with your life that you can't escape it and I, I'm glad about that 
You know, we can outrun a lot of things, but you cannot outrun the plan of God. I love how David said, surely goodness and mercy shall chase after me all the days of my life. Amen. I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I'm grateful because it was not you or me that came searching for God. It was God who came looking for you or me. You or I could look for God and we were trying to figure out and trying to find out and we might have started our journey in some way, in some pathway, maybe in some other church. Maybe you started even in a Catholic church or a Baptist church, but you had your start there to where something struck your heart, but you couldn't remain there because there was something in you that was crying out for more of God. And that was that part of God himself that God placed within you. Hallelujah. So all around, it was always that of God's thoughts. And you know, there's many things that when we uh, think of this with the thoughts of God, David would write it like this in a few of these verses out of Psalms 139. In verse 13, he says, For thou hast possessed my reins, thou hast covered me in my mother's womb. I will praise thee, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are thy works, and my soul knoweth right well. Even how God so intricately has, has so molded and so shaped, even as Brother Medina was bringing out that today, of the temperament in our life. Remember Brother Branham himself, he, 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 he couldn't shoot at that moment. He wasn't, you know, hitting the squirrels in the eye. And he just, he, the rest of the brothers were shooting and killing him, you know. They were having a good time. And Brother Branham sets down his rifle and he says, well, what's wrong with me? Why, what's wrong with me? Why is this bothering me? And the angel of the Lord spoke to him and said, I have made you this way for a purpose. So let me say it like this. The way that God has made you, it's not you trying to escape the way he's made you, but as that quote was mentioned here this morning, it's surrendering to the living God that God might come down and live out his life through the temperament that he has placed in your life. God has a purpose. God did not make you the way that you are just for nothing, but God has made you that way that he himself might step inside of you and take control and bring forth the purpose, the mystery, that part that you're to play out right now in this hour, in this time. God knows all about that. And if we can catch that and grasp a hold of that, that brings a rest to our life because that's what the real ministry of the gospel is. It's the rest of Almighty God. His works were finished before the foundation of the world. Sometimes it might take a long time seemingly to us even when we look in our own lives at certain things we're wanting. But remember the principle. They are already finished, but sometimes the mystery slowly unfolds itself. But it's God himself that is slowly unfolding himself in your life. It's us who get impatient. Is that right? It's us who, I want this, or we're doing this, and sometimes we can even get to a place where we become anxious about things. And the Bible said, be careful for nothing, be anxious for nothing, but in all things, let your supplications be known with thanksgiving, and the peace of God shall, shall comfort you, shall keep you, shall garrison your mind to recognize God's got it all in control. 
And when we talk about rest, we understand it's not like our Sunday afternoon rest where we think of the lazy boy after church and uh, Maybe that's just me, you know, of, of going between the services and kicking up and, and taking our nap. No, that the rest is, is where we're just resting and we're, we're relaxing in him and allowing him to perform his will and his word in our life. I heard the songs that was being sung here, and it's dealing and speaking of the love of Almighty God moving upon our lives. And that's the very thing that brings rest in our life, is the love of God being made known to our life. This message itself is not a dictatorship. This message is not a set of commands. This message is not, uh, you know, a whole grouping of doctrines. This message is Jesus Christ being revealed. The love of God expressed to you. The love of God expressed to me. That's what this message is all about. Well, I need to know this, or I need to know this, or I need to know this. If you have him, he is all of that. And he'll unfold all of that just as you have need of it with the understanding in your life. What a rest that brings. That's the whole greatness of the rest of Almighty God. That's the blessedness of the Holy Spirit. That's God's thoughts. Hallelujah. Marvelous are thy works, O God. How God so arranged it as we looked at last night in Psalms 118. This is the Lord's doing. We can stand here tonight in our lives and testify of where God has brought us from and declare it is the Lord's doing. In our individual lives, in our individual walk, it's not us, as the scriptures we read last night, who hath made us, but he hath made us. We are the sheep of his pasture. We were always the sheep of his pasture. We were always sons and daughters of God. Notice how David would write this. My substance in verse 15 was not hid from thee. When I was made in secret and curiously wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. We understand that our bodies, this flesh body, it's made out of the elements of the earth. The same elements of the earth where Satan himself, the Bible records, where Satan was walking to and fro upon the belching volcanics of the earth. He was seeking to lay claim upon this earth. Is that right? He was seeking to do that. And then he comes before the presence of God. Why was Satan even coming to this planet? Why didn't he go to Mars? Why didn't he go to Venus? Why didn't he go to Saturn? Because anything that God's interested in, Satan himself wants to come and tear it down for his own demise. But I'm telling you, if God's interested in it, God's not one who looks at something and says, let me see what I can do with this. He already knows what he can do with your life. He's already seen it before the foundation of the world. So God doesn't need any help interpreting my life. He interprets your life, interprets my life. It's God who brings it to pass. And I don't care how the enemy may have walked over your life for years and wanted to lay claim on your life. There is a living God here tonight to let you know before you was ever born, you belong to the living God. And there's a presence of the living God laying claim on your heart. That's God's thoughts. So before I ever came in flesh, David said, thou already saw me. (laughs) 
Oh, I'm going to change my chin or I'm going to change my eye color. No, God made us the way he wanted us. Hallelujah. You see the pressures of the world, how it wants to come even around with our young people. And you know, it used to be a time when we, when we went to school, I, you know, I lived in the country for a while. And so the bus trip was an hour to school, hour home. You got off the bus, you were done. Now, because of social media and all these things, sometimes there's no checkout. And there's all this pressure that's put out there. And listen, even adults feel that pressure. So-and-so, look what, look what they have. Look, they just went on this vacation. Or they just went on here. And it becomes an element of pressure. And Satan wants to use things to try to portray and try to project himself. He'll use these avenues. The Bible says that the thoughts of men in the days of Noah were continually evil. Is that right? And the Bible says that the earth was filled with violence through them. There were men in that hour, individuals, that became channels for, de for demons to express themselves. Thoughts of hell to be expressed upon the earth. But there was also a man by the name of Noah. That in the midst of that age, in the midst of that time, he found grace in the eyes of the Lord. Simple. Brother Bram says this. Here he was, simple. Devotions with his family. In the simple, simple, simple obedience. But God recognized and God respected simple obedience. And God came and made known to Noah that judgment is coming. This is the time. This is the hour. This is the season. And God moved upon Noah. And Noah began to build an ark when that was not even his occupation. His occupation was not a builder. He was a farmer. And who builds, we live right here, you live by the ocean. Who builds a boat in dry land? You build a boat where there's boat docks you have called a shipyard. But God didn't need the water, the ship to be brought to the water. God would bring the water to the ship. You know what that showed is that God knew exactly where you and I would be. You might be in a dry and thirsty land, but the Holy Spirit knows exactly where you are. He knows exactly how to move and bring your life to a place of liberty and deliverance. That's you, the mystery of your life, hidden. God's thoughts right there in that ark. God's thoughts are being unfolded. That's why this is the book of redemption. The walking on the, on the road to Emmaus of Luke 24, it's not just revealing Christ in the ministry of William Branham, although that's necessary. Because when you see it correctly, then we recognize that the same God that moved and operated through that ministry, the same Son of Man, now desires to live inside of a bright body. Is that right? So then now the words themselves, as he took the words and revealed the fulfillment of the promises in that hour, it's the same God that's taking the word and directing you and I in the fulfillment of it. This is God's thoughts. It's God's thoughts concerning these things. Hallelujah. That's why we don't, I hope this is okay, but you know, to me, uh, this is just where I stand and I'm just going to say it. I, I do not believe that, that, the, that, that the efforts of the ministry in this hour is to go around and try to figure out and see, well, what Brother Branham, was he saying this here? Does it fit in there? Let me tell you, simply, he was a word prophet. 
things that, listen, when Jesus stood there and said, except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, those men, when they stood there to reject it, they had scripture back in Leviticus, do not eat the blood. Is that right? They had scripture to stand on. But now came the fulfillment because now here was one. He was not speaking of the blood of an animal. It was the blood of Almighty God. And to now be a partaker of this life that has come among us, now you receive the real true life. Not just a covering, but something that can deal with the real sin issue in your life. Something that can address the problem. Something that can lift you in victory. So that's, I, I stand upon that. That's why this message is, well, this is Brother Branham's opinion here. This is Brother Branham's, this is Brother Branham's thoughts here. It's not Brother Branham's opinion. And if they want to say it's Brother Branham's opinion, I'll take his opinion over yours. I hope that's all right. I love you, but I'm just where I stand. You see, the difference is this message, even though I was raised in this message, I don't know this message by intellect. This message has changed my life. I know what I was. I remember sitting in the church pew. There's quotes that I could finish right out from hearing them all my life, but I had to meet a living God to where this message, it became more than just something that we ascribe to. It's something more than just we're around, but it's something that's a part of us and we are a part of it. That's why it's not enough just to be around it. You've got to be in it. Get under it and it being you. That's God's thoughts. Hallelujah. My substance you did see, yet being unperfect, meaning not complete, not even brought together. Every one of us, families and different ones, you know, you have, you have our, our picture albums that we make as our kids are coming along. Right? <laughs> but God already had his album set. He knows the end from the beginning. See, God's not like you and I trying to figure this thing out. God's not trying to figure it out. God's not trying to figure you out. Are you hearing me? God's not trying to figure it out. God knows you. He knows everything about your life. He's omniscient. He knows all. He knew every trap. He knows every mistake. He knew everything. Even the situations that you can be setting in tonight. God already knew it. But he's already made a way. He's made a way. He's made a way knowing that maybe you would be sitting here tonight with, with, a, with a need for a healing touch in your body. And here you are in your journey, but you become weak. You become feeble. And, uh, you, don't, you don't feel strong. And Lord, this, this weariness or this tiredness or this oppression, he already knew about it and he made provision. In the very center of the scripture, I am the Lord that healeth all thy diseases. He's still a healer tonight. Hallelujah. If I had a toothache tonight, I would not minimize it and say, Lord, there's somebody else over here in a greater need. God cares about your toothache as much as he cares about the person with cancer. He cares. Hallelujah. Oh, when there were none yet, God saw me. So this is where... Yeah, at the end of this, this chapter where David, with this 
this reality striking his life, David says, with this understanding, search me. Oh God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. I pray to God that we never get too big. That we can't read scriptures like this. And still invite the Holy Spirit to examine our lives. You see, we don't want to lose humility, friends. It's humility. Remember, the Bible said, humble thyself under the mighty hand of God, and he will exalt thee in due time. The Bible said, God, the pride, he knoweth them afar off. We wanted you want, oh, the Bible said, draw nigh to God, and God will draw nigh to you. If you want God, his presence to draw nigh unto your life, just begin to humble yourself. How do you humble yourself? By saying, Lord, I need you, Lord God. Probably even more than what I'm thinking about or the current needs or the situations that are present in my life. I need you, Lord. We begin to humble ourselves under his presence, just like his presence right here tonight, to begin to humble ourselves in his presence to invite him to come and to minister to our needs. So when we consider this, and I, I think of it like this, thinking of the thoughts of Almighty God, I don't want the thoughts of a man. I, I don't want, I don't want, you know, I, we, don't, we don't want to be following along, and you know, it's like, you know, it's almost like a, I don't know how to really describe it, but you know, it's almost like a stream going and we just jump in that stream and everybody's going that way. I think it was so effectually and clearly placed right here this morning that there is no gift beyond the scrutiny of the word. That does not mean that we sit and we criticize, but what it means is, is that we have confidence in the word and the word is not the letter, the word is not a book, but the word is the person that has cleansed our life. He has given us liberty and that's our husband. I don't want to give myself to another. Is that right? So the word itself, as it would come, this is why it's important that the thoughts themselves, even we don't want man's thoughts, we don't want man's ideas, we don't want man's opinion, we don't need the message shaved down, we just need the message preached in its purity that it was given him. And there's no purer form than the Holy Spirit who gave the word to come down and speak the word into the lives of the people. Because after all, he's the only one that can change situations. He's the only one that can take care of things in our life. That's why the prophet could declare in the mighty God unveiled before us, he said to think of it tonight. Here we stand, the message of the hour, the express thoughts of Jehovah. It's God's thoughts. Man has conveyed its thoughts. Man has been speaking for ages. But God has stepped to speak. God has something to say. God conveying his thoughts. Oh my. God's thoughts have power. God's thoughts bring liberty. God's thoughts penetrate darkness. God's thoughts dismiss lies. God's thoughts breaks the hold of doctrines of devils. God's hold, it dismantles fear. God's hold, it casts it out and it brings love into the hearts of the people to recognize that God so loved me. Mm, 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 mm. Mm. I'm telling you it's God speaking over our lives 
Hallelujah. And he's not speaking down to us. This message is a rapturing message. This message has within it resurrection power. This message is that of the east wind. This message itself, it's an elevating word. You say elevating, it's not elevating you or me, the flesh, but it is elevating the attribute thoughts of Almighty God into a position where we walk with dominion in our lives. I want to just say it like this, you were always a part of the plan of God. You might have went a long time before you recognize it. Maybe even sitting in a message church because just because you sit in a message church does not mean that you recognize your place in the plan of God. But I'll tell you, there's no other place to be to be able to recognize your place in the economy of God. Because right here among us is the Godhead bodily. It's Christ revealing himself. And as a son and daughter of God, that's our position in him. And if there's anyone to convey to you and I our position, our authority, it will take a direct word from our heavenly father directly to our life. That's why Jesus could stand there and say, flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto you, but my Father which is in heaven hath revealed it unto you. What did it show? That though they seen a flesh body standing here on the earth, but that flesh body had brought a contact with that dimension now and now broke over into this and people were grasping the revelation. You're being affected and influenced by another dimension. Hey, the world's being influenced. They're being influenced. The things that we look at now and you, the things that we see, it's influenced from another dimension. That's why the prophet could say when he said in J.C. Penney's and he saw those two women come up, right? And he's, he refers back to what he saw when, when there he said that, you know, in that accident he had before he was saved, there he was falling down into hell. And what he saw down there, he saw, he saw those women painted up. And Brother Brown said when he came to, he's, here he is standing in J.C. Penney's, you know, years later. And he says, there were those women. So what was down there had been reflected upon the earth. Well, we can't leave it there. I know there's a lot of demon expression that, that's around. And we know that because there's 100,000, thousand devils that are released. But I love the beginning of Revelations 10.1. After all those demon spirits have been released, but the Bible said that ain't the end of the story. And I saw another mighty angel. Oh, brother, we're not defeated. We're not helpless. The mighty angel, Christ himself, is right here among us. He's living in a many-membered body. You may not recognize it. As, like Brother Medieval was speaking this morning, so-and-so is led to pray for you. So-and-so is led to call you. They send you a text. They send you a card. Let me tell you who put that on their heart is Christ in them put that on their heart to minister to you. Oh, blessed be the name of the Lord. Let us not despise small things. Amen. I want us to capture that, that, that thought and that part of it. When we think of that word, we, a lot of times we, will, we, we quote that, that before the foundation of the world. God told Jeremiah, before you was in your mother's womb. Before I formed thee there, before you came out of the womb, before. 
before matters. Because even when it came to Jacob and Esau, before either had done good or evil, before that, this is where you and I come back to because no matter the situation that is present tonight, before. That's why when Job, when Job was wondering what was taking place in his life and God, God permitted that time of silence. But you know what? It showed that even when God is silent, God is still working. And when he's silent, the revelation he has given is sufficient enough to stand in the times of tests and trials. Because it's a part of himself. It's God working out his program and his plan in our life. And where does the first thing that God begins? With Job. When he wants to speak to Job, he takes him back to the foundation. Where were you? Because God builds upon his own foundation. God doesn't come into a community and say, I'll take your basement and I'll build a house on it. No. God doesn't want our good works and build a house on it. Because it's not, God does not want to build upon our works. God wants to build upon himself. And that part of himself that he placed within you and that's been there the whole time in your life that you can't get away from. It's God, God, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's prepared for himself a place. It's God building, God moving, God working in our life. So he takes Job to that place. Where were you? Before. So no matter the situation that might be before you, there's a before. Where were you before? No matter what's sitting here, no matter what obstacle, no matter what trial, before. And let me tell you, being in Christ, God already seeing you, he's already seen you victorious. Is that right? Amen. Them that he has predestinated, he has called. Them he has called, he has justified. Those he justified, he has already glorified. And the prophet said, that is a finished product. I don't see myself as a finished product. You don't see yourself as a finished product. But by revelation, I recognize it's finished. It's finished. It's God working out what he has already laid within the seed. It's like when you pack a suitcase. You know, you go to camps and places on trips, and sometimes we got to sit, you know, on the suitcase and zip it up. Maybe your wife packs the suitcase and all of a sudden, you know, you've got this out and got that out and got this out and got that out. And then you have to turn around and look after the end of the trip and say, how do we get all that back in there? Right? But all those clothes you have in there, you don't put all the clothes on at one time. Right? I mean, you don't do that. They're clothes for certain occasions. And God has packed everything inside of the seed. Every leaf, every apple, every virtue is there inside of the seed. And the quickening power comes down and releases the expression of God's thoughts. And this is why when tests and trials come our way and situations and we look at, as was ministered here this morning, of how this place is to be, it's a place of healing. It's a place of forgiveness. Then in order for that to be, not only are we to come and now be able to be released from burdens that we've been carrying, hurts and scars and so forth, but also in order for that to grow and be expressed in our life, there's got to be things that will rub it. 
Oh, Lord, I, I want more. I want more love. Well, in, in order for that to happen, why would God say forgive if there's not situations that won't require it? If God says to be long-suffering, why would he say it if there's not going to be situations that require it? But yet when it comes, we all look at it and say, huh, how is this happening? Ma, well, what's going on here? Because we don't, we're, we're looking at it always in, in that standpoint of, of there is something is wrong. But actually what it is, it's God wanting to work out more of himself in our life. And God knows how to break you and I down. In other words, he knows how to humiliate us. He knows how to humble us. Come on, friends, let's face it. As much as we can in all earnest to try to keep pride underneath our feet, we thank God for grace that he's given us, but God knows we need divine assistance just as he gave Paul. For Paul said, lest I should become exalted regarding the abundance of revelation that was given unto me, there was given a messenger of Satan to buffet me. What? To keep Paul. That was the prophet of the age, and just as much as we, as Brother Mediba read it this morning, we would not, as ministers, any of us, be able to attain to the realm that he was as a prophet, but yet, look, even in that place, it shows for you and I the grace of God that comes to keep us in a place so God can deal with us, use us, and lead us. That's God's thoughts. Our thoughts are, <laughs> this has come up, I find a different church. Oh, this has come up. Oh, I disagree here. That's our thoughts. That's not God's. See, the difference between our thoughts and God's thoughts. Our thoughts is always dealing with self. And there's a part of it. Let me tell you. It's a given, it's a given instinct to protect ourselves. So we don't say, oh, that, that shouldn't be there. No, no. I mean, you know, if somebody drops something loud or whatever, you jump. Right? It's a, yeah, it's a human emotion that's given to you and I. So it's not like, oh, that, that's bad. No, but there's that part now in that, in that time of how that we have to yield it to the Lord. There's a time that we know. I mean, we know not to touch the stove when it's hot. I think, I hope everybody's learned that lesson by now. I know there's some adults that still like to play with bonfires, but, you know, uh, we, 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 we start to learn some of those things after time. Right? But then there's other parts of it that we have to learn and to yield in those moments of sometimes there's situations that God wants us to be able to minister love to one another. That your flesh and my flesh would want to pull back. Because every one of us wants to be accepted. Let's just be true. Oh, Brother Samuel, not me. That's a lying spirit. Everybody likes to be accepted. Remember like Brother Bram told that one man, that one man, you know, and Brother Bram was patting on the back. Brother Bram had so enjoyed that sermon, and that brother said, ah, you know, I don't need that. Brother Bram said, the only one difference between me and you. And Brother Bram said, he enjoyed it. And that man said, and he said, only one difference. He said, I I'm telling the truth, and you're not. <laughs> That's called homemade humility. But it ain't humility. It's just nothing but good old pride. Is that right? My goodness, how did we get here? Before, God working and moving and, and dealing and directing in our life. You know, even where we stand in the stature of our life and our walk and how that God has brought us, realize that what has God brings us into that place that we are now 
that how would you and I recognize even the time and the hour and the season that we're living in? You realize the stature, like we read from our scripture, God knew the stature. You know, tonight, God knew who would be here tonight. He did. And God knew exactly where you would sit. You might say, well, I've always sat here. Well, God made sure that somebody else didn't get in your seat. However you want to put it. God has arranged this. We, we're here in a moment. Just like with the visions where so-and-so had to be sitting in this chair, so the glasses had to be here, and the handkerchief had to be there. Nobody could move it around. Brother Branham could not go around and pull this one and say, here, 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 you need to be sitting here. Ah, uh, here, here, you need to be here. Here, here, come on, come on, come on, you need to be here. Come on, get, lay, lay down right there. No, God gave the vision. Now it's to be patient. For though the vision, Terry, it shall surely come to pass. God will bring it to pass. And as it's coming to pass, God nudges us. Just like the prophet. Is that right? You see, to me, those were examples. When I look at that in the prophet's ministry, those are examples to you and I. Those were not just visions that we read about, we talk about, and we say, glory be to God. God was speaking of our lives. Of even how our lives, that sometimes there's certain things that we have to be patient and wait on God. The vision of the word has broken over our life. But we cannot move things any quicker than what God has said it to be. There's integral parts that have to come together. Just like the cogs on a wheel. Things have to move together in God's season and God's time. Is that right? Certain things. That's why our path have to cross with certain individuals. Why didn't God? I, I mean, I think of it. God does not turn around just to one ministry and my, all the revelation is given right there and then everybody floods to that. No, that's man's idea. No, no, no. We need one another and God has it in such a way that there are things that you can be praying about that as you're praying about it, then God will bring another man in or another individual across your pathway and here that comes and you right there you recognize that's the answer. Why does God do that? Because God is showing it's a many-membered body and that we are to depend on him. And if we depend on him, then he is training us like he trained the disciples after his resurrection to be looking for him because he can show up on a fishing boat. He can show up here. He can show up here. It's to be watching for him. That's what the rapture is about. Is that right? That's what the rapture is about, to be ready, to be watching, to be in step with him. That's why the prophet said that as he comes and he speaks about the vision of the brown bear. He opens there and he speaks of it in the message countdown. Then he comes along in the message in his presence later. Brother Branham clearly identifies that the vision did not fail. The vision was right on, but he was not where he was supposed to be. Why was he not there? Because of thoughts what would the older brother say if I went with the younger ones? Pressure. It's called pressure. Right? Young people feel pressure? You sure you do. There's nothing like, oh, no, you shouldn't feel pressure. No. Then this part of overcoming. So just understand, because you're tempted, it does not mean something's wrong with you. It's an opportunity to overcome. 
Are you hearing me? When God comes along the way and there's things that God will move right down through your life and things will be lifted from your life, you'll be tempted. But remember, the temptation is not the moment that you have not been delivered, but the temptation is an opportunity for God to manifest his overcoming grace in your life. What should I do? Stand there on what God has confirmed and dropped in your heart. If you ask the Father anything in my name, I'll do it. Hallelujah. I tell you, as children of the living God, we are impressed with God in our midst, are we not? We're impressed to be able to ask him who's revealing the secrets of our heart right where the word's coming forth. God's setting everything in order. We're to be impressed to that place with him that it's not a man that's speaking. It's not a man that knows this, but it's God who knows my life. And to be impressed with that to say, Lord, let thy will be done in earth even as it is in heaven. Let your thoughts, Lord, that you're conveying to me, Lord, let them become expressed in my life, Lord. And sometimes when the word is coming, it throws us into birth pains. Throws us into travail. It doesn't come easy. The word deals and it moves with things. It works in our life. I'm not just talking on the new birth, but I'm talking with everything in our life. Even as more, our faith would grow, our patience would grow, our virtue would grow. All of that, it comes with birth pains. It's dying to self that more of Christ might come forth. It's the atmosphere that we come under. It's the atmosphere, I hope this is okay. It's the atmosphere that doesn't even need music. It's the atmosphere that I don't need my favorite song. Now listen, I like singing. I think, is that Sister Katie? Sister Katie, she sang at BYC and other places. I know she can sing. There's certain songs that I, I enjoy. Hey, listen, friends. When I get down in certain times, there's certain songs that God will just drop. You know what? I'll be playing them. Sometimes my wife said, can we play another one? The Bible said he would compass me about with songs of my pilgrimage. Songs of deliverance. Is that right? Things that have a meaning, just like Brother Mediva asked them to sing that song here this morning. It was pressing, having meaning. What? For this service, for this moment, for this time to recognize we're not here by accident. It is the grace of Almighty God. So it's an atmosphere not created by, by man. It's not something we have to work up. It's the atmosphere, listen to me now, it's the atmosphere of the Shekinah glory that's making its way into its rightful place and position. It's God setting his word in place in our life. Just like in the tabernacle, all the furniture had to be set here. This had to be set here. The labor here, the candlesticks here. Everything had to be positioned. And once it was in position, then the pillar of fire came down. And when the pillar of fire came down, that was God speaking. What God was declaring, this is what was in my mind. This was the thoughts that was in my mind. These are the thoughts that Moses was caught up into. When he was caught up into that cloud and came down and spoke the vision. These are my thoughts. 
How does God declare his thoughts? By coming and vindicating his word. The pillar of fire comes down in there. And when he comes into your life, then there's no other voice that can raise its head in authority. Just as the pillar of fire came down and the ministers, the Bible said in the time of Solomon, they could not even stand to minister. Let me tell you this word that God has delivered in this generation and over your life and in your life, there is nothing can be taken away or added to it. It is the perfect interpretation. And you are the manifestation of that. That's why it draws upon your life. That's why this word as it's being ministered, it has an effect upon your life. There's a part in you. There's a part, that part that belongs to God that begin to be stirred. And that's why the word being fulfilled, that's what makes the creation in you. That's what stirs everything. This is why the scripture, when we look at it in this hour, the Bible itself, I hope this is okay to say this because I believe this, it was wrote for this hour. Men have lived by these scriptures. They have lived by the inspiration. I'll say it that way. They lived by the inspiration, the revelation that God gave them in that hour. But it all was pointing to this moment. They did not go backwards. They were journeying forward in the revelation. They didn't go back to where they come out of. They might have had an opportunity, but they kept going forward. Because the pillar of fire, it never goes backwards. Right? The four anointings, everywhere it said, they go forward. The word, there's no backup to the word. The word says go forward. Brother Samuel, you don't know where I'm sitting at today. Rise up and go forward. Well, you don't know where I've fallen right here. Get up and go forward. The word is speaking over your life and giving you grace and authority to rise in grace, to repent, brush yourself off, and keep walking. You don't get anywhere by staying right where you're at. You don't get anywhere by wallowing in your failures and your mistakes. And just so you know about it, God knew about your mistakes. He knew about your failures. Let's just preach while we're here. David said in the multitude of my thoughts, disquieting thoughts, anxious thoughts, thy delights comfort me. Thy delights comfort me. Sister Bruce herself, the private interview, before the message, the masterpiece. I never forget, I was ministering that one time. I never got done ministering. A brother came up right behind me, the pastor in the church, and he enlightened me a little bit on that, and it stuck with me. This was not an interview that Sister Bruce called for. Brother Branham heard Sister Bruce going around the tabernacle to others. I wish I had what you had. And the prophet called the interview. You say, Brother Samuel, is that scripture? Absolutely, it's scripture. When Jesus was with Jairus on the way back to his house, they came with news to Jairus and said, don't trouble him any longer. Your daughter is dead. Jesus did not even say anything to that person. He looked at Jairus and said, fear not. He spoke to the need and the situation to calm it. 
Just like he speaks to your situation. But with Sister Bruce, here she is standing there. And she's saying, oh, I would like to have an experience I could put my foot on. Then I know I've got the Holy Ghost. And she can't, and you know, throughout, she says, I make so many mistakes. Oh, I love how the prophet, notice where he takes her. He does not say, Sister Bruce, I see you. Yeah, and I hope you understand what I'm saying. I see you at a certain camp. I see you at a certain altar. I see you at a certain time. No, he takes her to the word. Because when he can take her to the foundation of the word, that's a place that Satan cannot put his dirty feet on. It's the sacred sands of God's amazing grace. And he would take her back there and he said, your desire is to serve him. She said, yes. He said, Calvary made a way that you could serve him. Where did that desire come from? That desire came from God. That desire was in you all the time. And that desire, God himself knew it would be right here. And he made a way that that desire could come into expression. You evaluate your life even right now. David said, here at Psalm uh, for the rapture, one thing have I desired and that one thing will I seek after to dwell in the house of the Lord. I believe not only coming to the house of God, the local assembly, but I believe in dwelling in the presence of God because he said, lo, I am with thee always. When we leave out of the church, we do not leave from the presence of the Lord. As a matter of fact, Brother Mark, if he doesn't go, I don't want to go. It's like when Moses, when Moses told him, he said, if your presence don't go, we'll stay right here. I am not going to venture and presume. No, why do I have to presume? Why do I have to try to figure my way out? I don't have to figure my way out. I can follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit. He will lead and guide me into all truth. And he takes Sister Bruce and establishes her right there on the word. He said, normally it would be your natural desire, you know, to do these things in the world, cut your hair and so forth and so on. He said, but something happened. He said, what changed that? She said, Christ. He said, there's your answer. What's it doing? Establishing upon the word of God. You see, God, listen now, the Holy Spirit just does not come to make us good moral people. I thank God for good morality. But the Holy Ghost comes down into your life to make the word of God alive to you. It comes down to give you a passion in your life to where all of your promises are gone and now you have become a part of God's promise. And it's God living out his promise in your life. And you become a part of the promise of this hour by the Holy Ghost. That's God's thoughts. And your desire is to please him. That's what moves in your life day after day, moment after moment. Am I pleasing to my Lord? I say thanks be to God for that. Like somebody asked Brother Branham the question. Brother Branham, is it possible for a Christian after they have been saved and filled with the spirit of God he said it's possible for them to be driven to do minor things. He ain't talking about running back out in the world. He said, well, you were before you were slopping along in the devil. But now that God has got a hold of your life, he said, filled you with his spirit. Every gun out of hell is trained on you. But the quote is finished this way. But remember, greater is he that's in you 
I'm not just going to look at the guns. Guns are surrounding me. Enemies all around. Right? But I'm not looking at the guns that are all around me. I'm looking to the Lord who is my deliverer. Hallelujah. He's my strength. He's my rock. This is why the reality can come across our life. Beloved, now you are the sons of God. It's our thoughts. Our thoughts that get in the way many times. And God's still working to free us from our thoughts. Now I'm going to tell you. Your thoughts are my thoughts alone. It wasn't your thoughts or my thoughts that changed our life. But it's to receive God's thought. Because it's his thought, his word that has life in it. And when you receive that, it's rain. Boy, here it rains. Nah, nah. You know, rain, people say, boy, it's a good soaker. What do they mean by a good soaker? By the time you walk down the ground, it's squish, 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 squish. Right? And that's how the word of God moves down in our life. When God said, let the weak, wicked forsake his own thoughts. Throw aside your thoughts. Well, I don't know if I could ever be that good of a Christian. Throw that aside. Brother Samuel, what authority do you have that? I went through that thought. I had the devil tell me that thought as a young man. You'll never get over your language. You'll never get over habits in your life. You'll never get beyond that. And it was like a fear that wanted to grab, even when my heart was being surrendered to the Lord. You say, Brother Samuel, what was happening? It was letting go and trusting the Lord. Brother Billy, it's like I told you last night, I didn't have to quit nothing. He came. He came. I didn't have to go through 10 steps on how to be a better guy. 10 steps how to talk better. And then bragging on me. I'm boasting in the Lord. Because what he did for me, if he did it for me, he'll do it for you. That's what this message is. It's a living God who's personal, tangible. The word of God that we have handled. It's God living to bring change in lives. Hallelujah. Glory be to God in the highest. It's a living God right among us. Hallelujah. Beloved, now are you the sons of God. Hallelujah. Not our thoughts about it, but allow the word to come. And you know the word, it first begins with agreeing with it. I agree with that word. Amen to the word. What God is saying about your life. Amen to the word. And what does it do? As you begin to take that word in, the mind is receiving it. Let it drop. And like the rain that soaks into the ground, it'll soak right in. It's like a seed. When you plant a seed, that seed's got a hard seed coat on the outside. 
But if you let it and it gets into that water, that water gets around that soil, saturates it. What does that water do? It breaks down that hard outer layer. And that's what the Holy Spirit does. That's what the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit is doing. It's breaking down every doubt. It's breaking down every stronghold. It's breaking down the earth thoughts. What is it? It's a thought of Jesus Christ that's right here among us. It's God letting you know who you are. Hallelujah. I rebuke the enemy. The devil wanted to make you think you're some trodden down something. You're not. You're not a mistake. You were pre-planned by the throne of God. I don't care what happened, what how you came through. It might have even come through an act of adultery. But let me tell you something. There is a blood that can take care of that. Hallelujah. There's a living God to meet you here tonight on the grounds. He's reserved these grounds tonight to come and meet you. Hallelujah. The same glory of the Lord moving throughout the building, moving through hearts and lives. What's he doing? He's setting furniture in order. He's setting lives in order. For what? For his glory to come and fill his tabernacle. Hallelujah. The same spirit of the living God. The Bible said arise and shine for thy light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon thee. What is it that's making you long the way it is? It's the glory of the Lord that's upon your life. The Bible said, blessed are they that do hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Brother Bram said what that is, it's the Holy Ghost upon you. He's moving you to a place of surrender that he can step in you. What do I do? Continue with that. He says, yes, you say yes. Yes, yes. We throw aside our thoughts. We lay aside our thoughts. Like Mary, how can this be? See, and I don't know a man. How can this be? Look at my background. How can this be? Look where I come out of. How can this be? You don't know the condition I'm sitting in. How can this be? But God had an answer. God doesn't say, wow, these are tough questions. God knew those questions would be there. But he is the answer. And God has a way of proving himself that he doesn't have to take a month of Sundays to prove it to you. He shows up himself and makes himself alive and real in the covenant of his promise that I am the I am. I am the living God. How shall these things be? The Holy Ghost shall overshadow thee. Our thoughts but God's thoughts. I want my thoughts, or let me put it this way, I want God's thoughts to become my thoughts. I don't want to speak my thoughts. Oh, I'm not that very good of a Christian. I'm weak. That's not God's thoughts. That's your thoughts. That's you looking at yourself, but you must look at your sacrifice. Remember, don't take your eyes off the shoe bread. Don't take your eyes off of Christ. You keep looking there. That's what has your identity. That's where your victory lays. Comes to Gideon. Gideon, here he is hiding. You know, he's shoveling, he's hiding. 
and God comes along. The prophets already come and delivered the message. But the angel of the Lord didn't leave. And the angel of the Lord comes because this message, it comes with special delivery. God knows your address. God knows your address. You might have moved from here to here. God knows your address. <laughs> and God came down and he spoke to Gideon. He called him a mighty man of valor. Gideon looked around and thought, who else is here? Because he sure ain't talking about me. But God's thoughts is greater than Gideon's thoughts. But God labored with Gideon. What did God do? He stayed right there because Gideon was a part of God. Gideon was one that God was going to use in order to work through and operate through. You might be praying for somebody else to reach your children. You might be praying for somebody else. God reached my boss. God reached my husband. God reached my wife. But God's called you. You're a mighty woman of valor. A mighty daughter of God. A mighty son of God. With God on your side, nothing is impossible. And I'll just close it right here on this point. I don't like to use the word opinion because opinion has, we know it has like a, it can be really a negative connotation. It's just like, well, that's just somebody's thought. But when we're talking about God, God's thoughts, because an opinion is a judgment. And God has already given his thought. So it, it doesn't matter what anybody else says. No one else's opinion matters. Your family's opinion doesn't matter. Anybody else around you doesn't matter. And your own opinion doesn't matter. What matters is God's opinion. God's thought. And what is God's thought? It's his glory coming down to inhabit his dwelling place. That's God's opinion. That's God's thought. That's what God says. This is why the scripture could say, God is in his holy temple. Let all the earth be silent. Because God has spoken. I tell you right here tonight, he's here to meet every single need. I believe that there's been needs met right while the word's been going forth. I believe that. I believe deliverance has been right while the word has been going forth. I believe that. I'm not just saying that. You can sense the liberty, this, this Holy Spirit just moving upon hearts. Listen, it was not Brother Samuel. It was your pull. It was your need that brought him right to your heart. He knew you would be here tonight. And I say here tonight, if you've got a need in your life, don't wait. Don't wait. The same Spirit of God that has moved you with bringing everything in order, the thoughts to a place of submission, this is a moment for the glory of God to move into your life. 
Say, if you don't know the Lord in the power of his resurrection, if you don't know it where it's a real relationship, where it's something that moves beyond just a promise, where it's something that moves beyond just what you agree with, and wow, this sounds pretty good. If you don't know him that way, he's here. He's hunted you out. It's a spirit of God pulsating upon your life, drawing you for this moment. I say, let's let go and let God have his way. Hallelujah. You can receive it right there where you're sitting. You can receive your healing right there. You're more than welcome to come here. We'd be happy to pray with you. But I want to just tell you, he's just as much God there as he is up here. But if you're struggling in any way, the Bible said that where two or three agree as touching any one thing, it shall be done. Hallelujah. We're not ashamed of it. We believe they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Hallelujah. He's still a living God. He still fills with the Holy Ghost. He still delivers. Hallelujah. He's still God. That's God's thoughts. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I say let's step in the water. The water's been troubled. Let's step in it. What an opportunity to surrender your life to God. What an opportunity in a time of an anniversary meeting for you to have an anniversary. For there to be a memorial in your life to where you met God face to face. Oh friends, I'm not trying to work anything up. I don't have to do that. He's here. He's come. It's his presence that you sense. What do you do? Just enter right into it. Just like if you were there in the dance hall and they begin to put the music on, you have to get off the wall and enter in. It's enter into the spirit. Enter in. Just yield. How do I enter in? It may not be with your feet. It's with your heart. Let's let God take this moment right here into a complete consecration. If you've not been where you ought to be with God, why don't you make a renewal right now in his presence? If there's some furniture out of line in your life, if there's priorities that's out of line in your life, if some things have got between you and God, why don't you say, God, you've given grace that the furniture in this tabernacle can be put back in order, that the glory can flow and his presence can emanate through my life. Hallelujah. Oh, glory be to God. Hallelujah. Oh, blessed be his name. Oh, church, we're in his presence. Hallelujah. I say, oh, Lord, fill this place, Lord. Fill every tabernacle afresh, Lord. Let the Holy Spirit, a refilling of the Holy Ghost, come, Lord God. Hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus. Father, how we love you, Lord. Lord, needs standing in this building tonight. Hearts and lives, Lord, that are in need, Lord, of salvation, in need of the Holy Ghost, Lord, in need of deliverance, Lord, in need of healing in their lives, Lord, healing in their body. I pray, Heavenly Father, may you sweep, Lord God, right by that need, Lord. Oh, granted, Lord, for every need here tonight, Lord, we thank you, Lord, because we know that it's already done. Whether we receive it there in the seed, Lord, if it's a need to be prayed for, it's all God. It's no less faith, Lord. We're no less a Christian, Lord. If hands is laid upon us, Lord, we're coming to receive, Lord. It's a life, Lord. It's a heart being moved, Lord. Oh, God, let your glory, Lord, 
Let it fill this place, Lord. Let the glory, Lord. Let it fill, Lord, every tabernacle. Lord, a, a refilling, Lord, to every heart, Lord. Grant it, Lord. Grant it, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. For the glory of Almighty God. Grant it, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let's begin to thank him. Thank you, Lord. Oh, God. Thank you for your mercies, Lord. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord, for your grace, Lord. Thank you for liberty, Lord. Thank you for your presence, Lord God. Oh, Father, thank you for your word, Lord God, that you've spoken over our lives, Lord. Thank you for this liberty, Lord, of the Holy Ghost. Thank you for this abstract, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord God, for being the living God among us, Lord. Thank you for healing the sick, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for delivering the captives, oh God. Thank you for vindicating your word, Lord, fulfilling your word, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. 